This episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast is sponsored by Saved and Depressed, a suicide survivor's journey of mental health, healing, and faith. After witnessing domestic violence and drug addiction as a child, I struggled with suicidal thoughts from the age of 12 years old into my second suicide attempt at just 24 years old, which led me to being forced into the psychiatric unit. When I reached out to my church family, they their comments pulled me away from the church and ultimately God. Even though I understood that their hearts were pure and genuine, they lacked the education on how to handle mental health challenges. In my book, I address generational trauma. I share my darkest moments, insecurities, how I work toward healing and rebuilding a relationship with God. I even offer mental health resources. And it is my hope that when you are finished reading my book, that you will begin to prioritize your mental health and realize that you can pray and see a therapist at the same time. Seeking mental health treatment does not mean that you lack faith in God. My book can be purchased on Amazon and is also available for Kindle readers. Let's get into the show. Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with the mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with a mental illness and to normalize the mental health conversation. So happy Monday, and I hope that you all had a fantastic weekend. Um, I noticed that I did not do something for quite a while. The podcast has been growing and we have some new listeners. So I just want to thank you for checking me out. I don't know if you heard about me at one of my book signings or you heard of or you found out about the podcast through one of my speaking engagements. But when I look at the stats, I see that there's a gradual, it's like a steady uh, progression with the podcast. And I see that more people are finding us. And so I just want to take this time to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. This podcast was birthed out of a really, really dark place. As a suicide survivor, I often felt isolated and I felt like no one understood what I was going through. And so this is really a safe space for people to live in their truth. Um, I interview people who live with mental illness within communities of color. I also, we speak with therapists on this podcast, but the main focus is really to normalize the mental health conversation and make sure that people have an outlet that they can really share the things that, that they've gone through. Some of the things that people are ashamed or embarrassed about but I know that there's freedom and liberty in owning your truth. And it has been one of the most rewarding things for my recovery. No, it's not easy, but I feel so free. And so I hope that by you listening to the podcast that you will give yourself permission to do the same. Give yourself permission to take off that mask that you wear every day and you act like everything is okay when it's really not 
Give yourself permission to heal. Give yourself permission to let go of negative and toxic people. And that's what it's all about. I work on throwing in some wellness things because overall everything impacts our mental health. And so that's the direction that I'm working to take on the podcast. And so I want you also to be able to connect the dots of how everything impacts your mental health from your finances to your career, to your family, to your friends, to the food that you eat. All of that stuff impacts like people don't I don't think people actually start to connect the dots. And I talk about it a little bit in my book to to help us realize how every little thing impacts our mental health, whether we realize it or not, it can impact it in a good way or a bad way. But overall, I want us to live our best lives and seek wholeness. And so that's what this podcast is about. And I hope that if you are in a really dark place or you know someone who is, that you're able that you're able to gain valuable insight from listening to this podcast. And so just I just want to take this time to welcome any new listeners that we have. And thank you for being a part of the Fireflies Unite community. If there's a topic that you would like me to discuss or if you would like to share your story, you can email me kia at fireflyesunite.com and I would love to have the opportunity for you to share your story. So on last week's episode, we spoke briefly. My grandmother made like a two minute appearance, but don't worry y'all. I'm going to interview my grandmother. Like I'm going to bring her back for a full episode. Um, I'm going to figure it out when, but don't worry, because I think it will be really interesting to have like a full conversation with my grandmother. She happened to be in the room while we were recording and she was getting ready to leave out to go to the doctor. And she was like looking to see what I was doing with the podcast because she knows I have one, but she's never been around when I recorded the podcast. And so it was really great having her to share her uh, insight in that small like two to three minutes and then I had my younger cousin who, who was more like my my sister than anything we're first cousins Cheyenne we were more so raised like sisters than cousins and so she's like a miniature version of me um and so of course I had my sister my sister was she didn't say too much of course she's only 12 or well, she was getting ready to be 12 and she is still processing a lot And so she may not say much, but I know that she's paying attention. She talked about briefly, you know, how I'm an inspiration to her. Um, She talked about some of the things that she sees on social media. So my sister was kind of quiet. And I also she wasn't speaking as loudly into the mic. And I didn't realize that until after I went back to edit the episode. So I'm thinking of doing like a mini soul with my sister, maybe like 10 to 15 minutes because you know, she, as far as like having an in-depth conversation, you know, she's still really young and she's processing a lot, but I think it'll be really good to, you know, get some feedback from her. And so, uh, Cheyenne and I mainly, he led the interview, but overall it was just really good having that, just having that like family conversation. Now, granted, we do talk about it in my family, mental health, But to be able to like talk about it on the podcast, I think is really great because it shows that with my transparency and how my recovery is really opening the mental health conversation for my entire family. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and check it out. 
Also, y'all, y'all know I, I need to remind y'all to leave y'all reviews. I will be doing a giveaway. I have some really cool things. So if you follow me on social media, I have a phone case that says I told my therapist about you. I have a phone case for an iPhone as well as the latest droid. Um, and the cell phone case says I told my therapist about you. I also have a mug that says I told my therapist about you and some other cool giveaways. So, but in order to be entered for the giveaway, y'all have to leave y'all reviews. Um, share the podcast on social media. If you can, text it, email it to a friend and all that good stuff. Uh, this month, I'm taking a bit of a hiatus from social media because I really have to refocus um, and get things situated as I'm going through a bit of a transition. And so I need to take also need to take time to pull away for just spirituality reasons. I really need to spend more time with God and seeking clarity and just, again, it's really important to pull away from my mental health because it's so easy to get caught up in social media. So if you reach out to me, the best way to get me during this month would be to send me an email, kia at fireflyesunite.com. That email will also be in the show notes. Or if you're connected with me on Facebook, I, I still have the um, Facebook Messenger app on my phone, but I don't actually have the Facebook app. So those are the best ways to reach me for right now. So on today's episode, I'm super excited. And the reason being is because, so I mentioned to y'all earlier in, well, last month that I spoke at the Minority Mental Health Summit in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, hosted by No More Martyrs and was invited by the executive director and founder, Nadia Richardson. She's super dope. I love everything that she's doing. I've actually plan to bring her on the podcast as well so she could talk about martyrdom it's something that I didn't know anything about until being connected with her and so during this the conference I spoke on a panel with amazing mental health advocates as well as um, a clinician and I got a chance to interview two uh, guests who actually sat on the same panel with me and so the first guest um that I'm speaking with is Jaquan Winters. And then I also spoke to uh, Rashawn Miller, but we'll hear from Rashad, we'll get Rashad's episode next week. And so on today's episode, I'm super, super excited because this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart, which is suicide prevention among black and brown children. That's something important for me. And because not only am I a suicide survivor, but I also lost my cousin to suicide. He was 14 when he lost his life to suicide. So for me, it's actually really important to have this this very important conversation. And so following the death of his sister, Jaquan, he really thought of ways to honor his sister's memory. And so he founded the Christian Amerson Youth Foundation. And Jaquan is doing amazing work with his with his organization. There are so many things that kids are going through and we don't even realize that they're going through it. And so with his organization, he really talks about how to identify the signs of suicide that will ultimately help us prevent and even the, obtain the very lost, the lofty goal of ending suicide among children. So let's get into this interview. 
So welcome, Jaquan, to the podcast. I'm super excited to have the opportunity to speak with you and to like officially meet you in person because we've been connected on social media for some time. And so you're doing awesome work with um, the foundation, the Christian Amerson Foundation, Youth Foundation, Mm -hmm. in honor of your sister who lost her life to suicide. So what I usually start off asking people is, was mental health something that was talked about when you were growing up? Now that I look back and think about my, well, first and foremost, let me thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> uh, I apologize. It's always a great pleasure to meet, to meet and to share the space with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, um, no. I don't think mental health was ever spoke about as I was growing up. Um, And even now, you you know, you're you're talking about mental health. But are we really talking about it? You know, I think it's just now hitting the surface Mm -hmm. and people are starting to really cater to their mental health and to be mindful of their mental health. So whereas we are making progression, I feel like we have a long way to go in regards to mental health, but especially mental health in the black community. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not surprised that you said mental health wasn't talked about because most people that I talk to on the podcast, they're like, no, it wasn't it wasn't talked about, especially, you know, in the African-American community, because we're told to just pray it away or we sweep things under the rug and we don't actually deal with the stuff or like, you know, we talked about at the conference, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house mentality. And those are the things that have contributed to the detriment and the demise of our mental health in our entire community. So let's go back to before your sister even lost her life. Mm -hmm. What type of child was she? Did you ever notice any signs? Was she always like kind of happy and jolly go lucky? What type of person was your sister? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Christian. Christian uh, passed by suicide in 2014 at the age of 11. And before and up to her death, Christian Christian was always happy. You know, she was my mother's only girl, and my mom has four children, so the only girl with three brothers. And so she had to be tough. Uh, it was once upon a time where we thought Christian was uh, a tomboy because she was how I would fight my brother a year <laughs> under me. <laughs> like, we will, we will push her and, you know, fight her that way. But it never phased her. Like, it would never affect her. Uh, she may cry for a quick second, but she would fight us back. Mm-hmm. So, Christian was always a tough uh, little cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very sassy. She would talk back. <laughs> um, but in a good way, you know. Uh, I feel like a lot of women are sometimes sassy. But maybe not sassy, but she was fierce. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't afraid to express herself and what she was feeling. Um, she was, she loved makeup. She loved. She was just getting to that age where she was really uh, exploring makeup and experimenting with makeup and all of that. And it was like, wow, like not my baby girl, not my little sister. Like, right? Are you dating? Like, <laughs> right? You're eleven, right? So, um, she loved like just the upkeep of of, of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she loved her hair. She would. She took pride in her hair. One thing that I always remember that I remember about Krishna is uh, she loved uh, braids, and you have braids in right now. But she loves 
braids, and even in the children book that I have about her, she has braids in her head. Um, that was a big thing that I wanted the illustrator to kind of, you know, express through what I everything that I told him about Christian. Um, she loved um, cheerleading. That was something that she was getting into. She was very excited that she was that she had recently made the cheerleading squad, um, and I really hate that we didn't get to see that manifest. Um, Christian also, she just. She loved um, her siblings. She loved teasing my myself, my younger brother, and then our baby brother, Caleb. Like, it was, and Caleb and Christian were so close that they would tease the two oldest together. <laughs> so she loved Caleb. She, she, we knew she loved us, but she especially loved Caleb. That was like her son, really. He, he was four years younger than her, and he would do. She, she would help him with anything that he needed. My grandmother, she's a big fanatic about uh, thrillers and horror movies. And so she would love to just sit up all night and watch movies with my grandmother, as all of us um, did, because we were raised by our grandparents. She loved to talk on the phone. I could go on and on about my sister. So That's good. Um, Christian was the average kid, the average girl, um, RA student, uh, a smile that can really light up any room. Um, she she is exhibited happiness regardless of the circumstances which which is why it was so shocking when she died by suicide um but yeah i hope i hope i answered your no, question you, kind of, you sent me down memory lane um with that question which is good but christian was your average girl uh average 11 year old black girl loved all of the stuff that i just mentioned So as you were talking, it made me think about my sister. So I have a sister who's 11 and she'll be 12 next month. So, and she's my only sister. So we could, you know, when you were talking, I was just like, I can only imagine what that time was like. But despite that, you've taken uh, something that's so tragic and you birthed it into something so beautiful. So you started this foundation. What do you why did you feel is it was necessary to start the Kristen Emerson Youth Foundation and okay. talk about the work that you do with the foundation? Thanks. Um so yeah Christian was my mom's only girl um and I'm the oldest sibling so I have So we relate on that too. I'm the oldest too. Yeah so we can relate in uh, uh, I think we can can relate in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm the, like I said, I'm the oldest sibling. I have a 24-year-old brother, Elijah one. After the Elijah one, it's Jaquel, who Jaquel is my father's child. But him, I, and Elijah one, we grew up together. Um, then you have, you had Christian, uh, then Caleb, who, who's now 13, and then Jocelyn. Jocelyn is my father's youngest child, um, and she's 10. So, um, as... As the oldest sibling, and I, ha- I feel like I have a huge responsibility, a chip on my shoulders to make sure that my siblings are better than I am, right? A better person than I am. And when I started the foundation, I kind of mentioned, spoke about this today at, on the panel, but my younger brother, Elijah, well, made a Facebook post, and he said that Christian may be gone from earth, but her spirit will continue to live through her family, her brothers, her loved ones. And that resonated with me. 
Um, and it was as simple as a Facebook post, but that Facebook post has grown to be something much more than that. And when Elijah one posted that status, I thought, you know, how can Christian, how can her, how can Christian's memory and legacy continue to live on through us? And that was the birth of the Christian Amnesty Youth Foundation. And when I started the foundation, I started it with the mindset that the foundation will be about my sister Christian, of course, but it will have a mentoring uh, component because I'm a product of mentoring. And if I'm being honest, at the time, I knew that it would have a suicide component, but not as big as it is now. We only wanted to do something centered around suicide and suicide prevention in September because of that being, you know, suicide prevention month. And it was my, my coworker, Catherine Harper, sat me down and said, you know, I get what you're doing and I, I, I believe that it's going to be something great. But I just want to say this to you in love. Your way, what you wanted to do will not manifest how you want it to manifest if you're only using mentoring as your component. And so from that, you know, I asked, well, what, what do you mean? What can I do? She said, you need to do suicide. And that was fearful for me. I knew nothing about suicide. And she, she talked to me, Catherine, she said, you know everything about suicide. You know how it feels to lose a loved one to suicide. You know how you, what your family is going through. You know what you're going through. Um, and that kind of, you know, that resonated with me. And I prayed about it. I have, I have a strong faith in God. So I said, God, you know, if this is something that you want me to do and you want me to really do suicide prevention, you know, let me know. And when I made it up in my mind that I was going to do suicide prevention, so I flipped the, the, the lenses, the focus. Suicide was not, suicide prevention was the biggest, the big component and mentoring was the smaller one. When I made it up, the suicide would be the suicide prevention. Would be, I keep saying suicide, like I don't want you to feel like I'm glorifying suicide. Yeah. But su- when I, suicide prevention, when I decided that that's what our foundation would focus on, everybody, the right people, started to align in my life to kind of help our foundation to grow. And when I started it, I had Christian in mind, Christian in mind, her legacy, but also the children like Christian. So. You mentioned the children's books, which is great because that was actually something on my next list. So, you know, I have my memoir on my life and I was like, I really want to write books about mental health and um, helping children deal with their emotions and what are the signs. And so I'm glad to see that someone is doing that work because it's so it's like it's so needed. And. Sometimes I, I remember like growing up and how grownups could ha- were dismissive when a child was going through something. It was like, oh, you're just a child. Like you don't know you don't, like you don't know nothing about being an adult or like you don't have bills to pay. So they think that just because a child may not have adult circumstances that they automatically minimize their what they're going through. And I think parents really have to and adults in general. We cannot do that. We have to make sure that children have a voice so that they can, so that they're comfortable when something is going wrong to tell them. And so what do you think parents or just adults overall can do to help to foster communication? So that way it doesn't matter how small or how big something is, children are comfortable with speaking to adults. Yeah, so um, the first thing to answer that question, I think parents should be, um, they should be 
present. You know, being your be in your children or your child's life. Um, and I say that because my mom, my dad was rarely around during my childhood, and I had my grandparents, of course, but I really missed out on having my um, my mom and dad around how I wish they were around. I missed, I missed, you know, being able to grow up in that two-parent home. Uh, whereas, like I said, I have my grandparents, but and they're my. I look at them as my parents. Like they adopted myself and my younger brother Elijah one, but the first piece of advice that I can really say to parents is be present, you know, be in your children's lives, know what they're going through, you know, um, don't brush anything that they say to you under the rug, you know, if they say that this kid, you know, said my hair is ugly, you know, you need to address that, you need to let, let them know, like, you're beautiful in your own skin, like, regardless of what anybody say, because that can plant, that negative thing that that kid said to them could plant a seed that they can uh, take with them for the rest of their, their lives. I remember as a kid, um, people told me that I didn't speak correctly. And that seed stayed with me. It planted and it, it really grew. And it stayed with me until my adulthood. And I struggled with speaking like to the point that, you know, I could be in a room full of people and all I had to do is say my name and introduce myself. I would like really freeze up. And it was that's trauma that that was traumatizing for me speaking, but I mean I'm, I'm good now, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you're um, speaking everywhere now. Um, but be present, you know, be invested in your children um, and what they're going through. Get on their level. Uh, I know we talk about how video gaming, how technology, uh, social media, all of those things are bad, but really, is it bad, or do we just not know how to utilize it? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother Caleb, he loves to um, play video games. And so one thing that I remember um, them asking yesterday at the conference, at the forum, they said, you know, what can we do to work, work with children better? And my advice was to get on their level. Um, if, you're, if you know a kid loves to play video games, play the games with them, you know, have those conversations because sometimes it's hard to really get that barrier down from your kids to for them to actually express what they're going through or just their daily lives anyway. So if you get on their level and you really invest, like I said, be present, invest in them, and then get on their level, you will be shocked at what a kid will tell you. And then also, you know, take always have that nurturing approach. I know in a black community, we believe, I said this wrong, uh, wrong yesterday, um, spare the rod, spoil the child. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right way. That's Whatever. what you said yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You said it yeah. right. We believe in that. Um, but some, like, that's, you know, the old school way of parenting. I mean, where I, I still believe in that, but I also believe that it's different ways to discipline your, your children. You know, that could be traumatizing for them. I remember my mom, you know, not being around and such, but when she was, it was more so as the enforcer. You know, my grandpa, my grandmother would say, well, they did this today and something. And, like, she would come and she would, like, whoop us. And, like, my mom didn't know how to be a parent because she, she, she wasn't a parent, really. She just, she was a mother. She, she gave us birth. And she would, like, really, like, whoop us. And she didn't know her strength. So it would, it would be, like, really brutal. And, like, that, all that did was pull us away from her. Even more, like, oh, you're not around, and then now you're coming to, you know, whoop us and and all of that. And it's like, 
I don't like you. Get out of my space. Mm-hmm. And I love my mom. And I don't say this to like to confuse that I love my mom. We have we're, we're working on a better relationship now, but I think I, I don't want to start rambling. So to keep on track, you know, be present and um, be invested in your children and and what they're going through and their lives in general. Thirdly, get on their level. Fourth thing that I said is, you know, be empathetic and nurturing and just show show that love that they need because you never know what anybody is going through, even your children sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because we, like you said on the panel earlier, you have a mask sometimes. Children know how to put that mask on. Mask mm-hmm. on. So I hope that's helpful no, to, the, to, the, to the parents. No, you, you definitely answered my question. And I think another thing that I would add to that for parents is to think about when you're having a bad day or you're really stressed out, make sure that as parents you check in with yourself because a lot of times when parents are upset and they stressed out, stressed out, they take it out on their children and they don't even realize they're taking their frustration out on their children. It has nothing to do with their children. So it's like they get mad that the children playing or they loud or they running around the house and they like they going off and it's like they're children. That's what they're supposed to do. So for parents to be mindful, to take care of your own mental health so you can make sure that you're not projecting um, anything onto your children. So yeah, we're, we're definitely like we're, we're family officially. So there were so many things that we shared and what I liked about the panel is that we all shared a different perspective, but it was it was all contributing to the mental health conversation. And I saw like people in the audience, like their light, the light bulb was going off. I, I would see some people shaking their heads or like their facial expressions. And I was like, yes, we're getting through by telling our stories. And so what I wanted to ask you is like, what gave you the courage to start talking about your sister's story and how it's impacted you? Because it's not easy to, come out and be naked, if you will. So, you know, how did you, how did you get the courage to start sharing? I give everything to God. Um, God is the reason why I was able to step out on faith and to really do this foundation. Um, when we started the nonprofit in 2017, at the time I was working as a uh, juvenile probation officer and I was also, you know, working on my master's at the time. And I knew that eventually that I would have to leave that job to finish my master's, but also to strengthen the foundation and to really uh, for it to be what, it, what I what I planned for it to be. And I left my job January 2018 and God really showed up and showed out. Like, I never... I never missed a meal. I, I always tied it. Like, um, oh, it's just so, it's, it's easy to say, like, all, like, because I don't know. I'm also worried at how good God has been to our foundation. And, he, like, I tell people all the time, like, it's not me, it's God and what He's doing through me. And through Him, I'm empowered to, you know, go and pour into the community and to pour into people because he's pouring into me. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I grew up with a speech impediment and a fear of speaking. And that was like, I, when I do speaking engagements, my only prayer is God speak through me. Don't allow these people to see me. Allow them to see what you're doing through me and let the glory be given back to you.
That's mm-hmm. my only prayer. You know, and he hasn't failed me. He hasn't failed me from speaking engagements, from writing my first book. That was like I struggled with reading coming up. And so that was something that I was fearful about uh, writing a children's book. But I really wanted kids to see. Um, to, I wanted to experience what I missed as a child. Right. So before I even uh, wrote my first children's book, I just went to the public library and picked up like a lot of children's books and I kind of relived my childhood. And that's also in doing that, I've learned more about myself. I enjoy reading children's books. So that's something that I do to cope now. And so from me struggling and, you know, God just really pouring into me, I was able to do that book. Um, And now children are children are really reading Christian story, but they're also empowered Um, from Everything that we do, you know, I have to give credit to God. God is, you know, my strength, um, my redeemer. Um, he, he, he pours into me. And, you know, my prayer is always, you know, that it's a scripture. And whereas I have a strong faith in God, I don't really, be, I don't necessarily go around learning scriptures or where they come from out of the Bible. But for this year, I'll, and I'll close on this, is I set my scripture as, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the, the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I, I want to do. I want to delight in God for him to give me what I desire, but to also let his will be done. Taking us to church. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I ha- but, it, like, that's my, that's my, that's my faith. Um, that's my faith. Yeah, no, like. That is that's something I've like I've worked on rebuilding and I continue to rebuild my relationship with God because of as I've stated when we spoke on the panel, like, you know, the things that I was told to do, like speaking tongues or like discouraged from mental health treatment. So that really did push me away from church and mm-hmm. ultimately God. And I was questioning if God was even real. And so now that I'm in this space where I'm continuing to you know, now I'm in a space where I can actually, you know, hear God telling me the direction that I should take and the things that I would, you know, the, how he's orchestrating this entire thing. Mental health and talking about my story, this was not a part of my plan. That's how I know this is a part of God's plan. Everything that, <laughs> Drake, right? <laughs> Everything that, I am, that I've gone through, like, it's really given me the opportunity to share my story to help other people. And so I'm, I look forward to seeing like all the work that you're going to continue to do and just like the how you're doing this to, to honor your sister. And that's really hard, you know, uh, because while I have not lost a sibling, so I can't relate in that sense, but I can relate in the sense of losing a loved one because I lost my little cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was 14 um, to suicide. And so the, there's a rapid increase and black children ending their lives, you know? And so it's important that parents know this, number one, and two, they know how to recognize the signs. So for any parents or people who work with children listening, would you be able to give them a few pointers of what to look for if a child is struggling? Yeah. Yeah, so when, we, when I think of, you know, the signs of suicide, um, Think of three things, you know, what is a kid or a person? What are they saying? You know, what behavior, like what's their behavior? What are they doing? And then their mood, how are they feeling? What emotions are they expressing? 
So when you when you think of talking, you think uh, so it's it may seem so uh, oh like so simple, but if a person is telling you I'm gonna kill myself, then you should really take that threat serious. If a person is saying you know I just I don't belong here, or, or um, the world will be a better place without me. Um, these are all things that you should pay attention to. Um, behavior. If a person, if they're doing things such as Christian giving away prize possessions, Christian made bracelets before she passed. And she gave those bracelets, bracelets away to family members, loved ones, friends, you name it. And that was a few weeks up to her death. So I really... At the time, I didn't know the signs of suicide. So, but now that I'm educated and I, and I know them, I look back and I, I'm saying to myself, that was a direct sign that she like that she was getting ready to leave this earth, like where she enjoyed making those bracelets, but she was giving them away like clockwork. And then um, mood. So I go back to Christian again. You know, how's a person feeling? Like irritability. That that could be a sign of suicide. Um, rage. That can be a sign of suicide. Um, withdrawing from like activities that you usually enjoy, and that's talking back to like behavior. But that's also a sign of suicide. Um, sleeping too much or too little—that's a sign of suicide. Um, and in Christian's case, when she passed, she started to act out in school. So she was fighting, and that was unlike her. She was all a student. Like she was, like I said. She can walk into a room and she was the happiest kid that you'll ever meet, full of joy. She was acting out at school, so I knew that that wasn't in the norm for her. Um, so all of these are signs of suicide. It's so many to look for, so I just hit on a few. Um, but I really urge parents, teachers, anybody working with children to really just to follow um, Organizations like the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, like they give a list of signs um, to look for. Um, the Jason Foundation, uh, which is in Tennessee, they give a list of signs, but to look for, but to also look for in youth. Um, CDC, they give signs. Like these are all sources that you can go and you can look and you can really educate yourselves about the signs because I can tell you, but like I said, it's so many more, and I just only hit on a few. Mm-hmm so important to have this conversation and for parents to be aware like you said don't brush it off because that's a thing the at the end of the day suicide is 100 percent preventable and the signs are always there the question is if we choose to acknowledge those signs um, and i i tell people all the time when i present uh suicide is the most preventable form of death mm-hmm yeah, like it, it really is. And so as a suicide survivor, when people tell me things, I take it seriously. I don't brush it off because I the thing is when those signs are there and God forbid if that person is successful, then it goes into what could I have done or, you know, we take on the blame, even though it's not necessarily our fault. But at the same time, like you said, it's 100 percent preventable and so if we know the signs to look for if we're not dismissing our children that we have that conversation so before you go i would like you to share all of your social media handles and the website if people want to donate how can they find you and all that good stuff 
Yeah, so I'm on all social media platforms for the most part. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm not a big uh, tweeter, though. Um, but on Facebook, you can find me at Jaquan, J-A-C, capital Q-U-A-N, D, Winters, uh, W-I-N-T-E-R-S. Uh, our foundation on Facebook is the Christian, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, Amerson, A-M. E-R-S-O-N Youth Foundation And um, on Instagram I'm, My handle is At Quan Winters At Q-U-A-N-W-I-N-T-E-R-S Underscore At Quan Winters Underscore And our uh, Instagram for the Youth Foundation Is uh, Christian Amerson Youth So at Christian Amerson Youth That's K R. I S T E N Amerson A M E R S O N Youth Y O U T H and then uh, Twitter and I'm not big on Twitter but at uh, Quan Winters underscore and then uh, the foundation is at K Amerson Youth. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put so there's the show notes of the podcast so I'm gonna put all the links. Um, to social media and your website so that people can see what you're doing. Y'all need to purchase this children's book. I'm pretty sure I would be purchasing more because I got both of your children's books. And I forgot about the website. I'm sorry. I forgot about the website. It's www.christianamersonyouth.org. And you can donate on um, the website, but you can also contact me directly, PayPal, whatever. Yeah, so that I will definitely do that. I'll put all that information in the show notes. And the book is so needed. It needs to be in children's uh, schools. It needs to be in libraries. And so it's definitely something that will really help children um, deal with their emotions. So I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day and like pulling away from the conference so we could have this opportunity to just have this conversation. And I know this is not the last time that we'll be working together or like seeing each other. I thank you for the opportunity. Like I said earlier, we're family now. So um, thank you for the opportunity. I love to do things like this. I think this is maybe my second podcast sitting on. So like it's always exciting to see, you know, the work that like-minded people are doing. And this is a great thing that you're doing. Um, Continue to do great work and we will collaborate soon. Thank you so much, Jaquan, for just being on the uh, podcast and sharing your story. I know that you all got something out of it. And as a special thank you for listening to this episode, I'm giving away both books written by Jaquan. The first book is Christian's Rainy Day, and another one is called My Happy Place. So they're children's book. It is my hope that if you are entering this giveaway, that you know a child that you're going to gift it with or that you are a parent or a guardian or aunt or uncle, someone who um, can bless a child with, with these books. Okay, that's the only requirement. So the first way to enter is to email me the two things that Jaquan said his sister did right before she ended her life. Those There were two two things that he talked about specifically in his interview. So what were those two things? You need to email me your answer to Kia at FireflyesUnite.com. Okay, that's 
a giveaway for one of the books and go to my Instagram page and make sure that you are tagging as many people as you can under that post. Like tag your friends, your family, your coworkers, whoever you connected with, tag them under that post. Um, that has Jaquan's, it will be an audio clip from the podcast. So tag them under there. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to enter everyone's name into like a, a random, it's like an organizer or like a, a kind of online where it kind of spits your name out. So I'm going to enter everyone's name there. So that way everyone has a fair chance. And yeah, so again, let me reiterate that really quick. So email me the two things that Christian did before she ended her life as Jaquan talked about the signs of suicide. And then the other one is to tag as many people as you possibly can in the post um, under the post that has the audio clip of this particular episode that has it will have Jaquan picture and it will be a brief clip from the episode. So tag, uh, be sure to tag as many people as you possibly can in that. And that's how you enter the giveaway. And I will announce the winners. Um, I will announce the winners in two weeks. So that gives people a chance to actually get their, get their emails in and tag as many people as you possibly can. So I will say this, that if you email me, and tag uh, tag as many people as possible on social media. Your name will be entered twice. So now you have twice the chance of winning. So I'm just throwing that out there. So that's how you enter the giveaway. Um, uh, good luck to everyone. And I hope that you all take advantage of this opportunity as to be able to gift um, these amazing books to children to help them deal with their emotions. It was written by Jaquan. And yeah, so you all have a blessed week. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health, but please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 